sharing more personal things. Okay, so I'll start on page three. Is it no page two? Okay, page two of Spark 146. A game world's context. So we were defining context distinctions and game world before. So a game world's context is implemented through rules. For example, by signing an employee's agreement, you enter the game world having a job and promising to follow com companies' policies, even if the policies generate toxic, toxic waste, use slave labor, promote war, or increase global warming. If you sign marriage papers, you follow legal and social rules. If you drive a car, play soccer, enter a beauty context, join a religion, political party, or government agency, you agree to behave according to that particular game world's rules. Game world's rules are unique and arbitrary. Rules from one game world do not necessary, necessarily apply in another. For example, it is nearly unthinkable to play golf with, with knitting net needles. It, it would be absurd to use parliamentary procedure at a birthday party. Square dancing is not allowed at the post office. Whether you buy or sell postage stamp, run in a street gang, holiday with a kayaking association, practice at an Aikido dojo, pur purchase groceries for a food cooperative, sing in a choir, build earthship, study at university, heat your house with oil, create an eco-village, perform with a kabuki theater troupe, or go on quest in a massively multiplayer online and offline personal development, personal development computer game. This is start over, by the way. <laughs> Each game world requires you to formally and informally sign a user agreement that commits you to the context ground rule so that everybody can play the same game. So sometimes it can be scary, like when, when we use the word like rules, people often have this reaction of no, like I don't want more rules. Like this is like, I, it seems like my life is full of rules that I've not chose and, and that are pressure. And so um, in a way, I guess maybe they like, we talk, it talk, the spark talks about it afterwards, but I'll say it's like every game world actually like, like human interaction needs rules to play. Even the way that I'm speaking to you, or like even though, like for example, in this game world, we have a rule that is if when somebody speaks, every, all the other people listen and we don't speak at the same time. So this is a, you know, in a way it's an, um, we didn't really agree on the rule, but the rule is there. Okay, so it was a question from Eva earlier this week and it was like, in my sense, I don't think human interaction can happen without rules. However, you can decide which rule you use and you can redesign them whenever you want. 
So you don't have to be bound by any rules that you, you decide, okay, like in the next half hour, we can decide that we all speak together because in the Mayan tradition, the way that they made decision among the old ones, if you've read Martin Prechtel's book, is that the old, like the elder people, the people who run the village, all come together. There's like 150 people. A problem comes to them. And then they all speak at the same time. And they all listen and speak at the same time. And he describes this. And he was driving him crazy at the, at the beginning because it, his mind was trying to understand what are you saying and what are you saying? And I need to argue with this and argue with that. And then at some point they just all stop speaking and the decision is clear. And the first time he was just like, wait a second, what's the decision? Like I didn't get it. And, but then after a few times he, he got it that it was like a, you know, it's like those swarms of insects or whatever. It's just those information get shared and there's this like one mind, let's say, or one consciousness. And then they all like, it's so clear. So we could change the rule of, this particular Zoom meeting and say, okay, we all speak at the same time the next time we want to make a decision and see how it works. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, why not? It's an experiment. Yeah, um, if I can, a moment. Um, I have the sensation, I have a part of my family is from Spain and the Spanish people often speaking all together when they are meeting. Everyone is happy and I just couldn't find myself in this um, this meeting because it just was noise and uh, I feel like I don't have time for myself or express myself so I, I think it's just have the capability to do that if you don't have this capability then you cannot do that and then you just feel that it's a chaos so well let me make a distinction it's like what I what I I've lived in Spain so I know what you're talking about <laughs> I lived in the south of Spain and there, this fact, this thing about speaking all at the same time is an unconscious rule. And it's an unconscious survival decision to not to like numb themselves. So you don't get to actually say anything really valuable because nobody's listening to you. And it is like, blah, blah, blah. So the, the, this decision making from the Mayan tradition is totally different. It's a conscious uh, way of making a common decision between 150 people in the least amount of time possible. But it's, it takes a, a, a level of matrix in consciousness to be able to be in that space. But so those are very different. You know, the Spanish game world is basically unconscious and the mind game world will be more conscious. Yeah. And this is what I'm, whatever you can, you can realize, okay, what are the rules that I'm following that are unconscious? And what are the ones that I'm dis I decide? I decide maybe because it's an experiment or because I found that it works and I want to keep it that way until, until something better comes along. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and no just one thought about this, um, the rules that you say, um, that human interaction need our rules. Yes. And right now when you, you say that, I feel like if, it's something about feel free. It's something about freedom. And right now, I feel like if I'm going to feel free in other parts of my life, or maybe if I'm going to feel free inside, that interior freedom, you know, then the rules don't going to disturb me at all. 
but as I feel some blockages inside me and I don't feel free from inside, then I just thinking that all the rules make me unfree or won't, won't control me somehow. So I think if everyone will feel free from inside, it's like um, you are looking happiness and you are thinking that uh, the things around you or the places where you live or the people with whom you live will make you happy. But it's not like that. If you feel happy inside, if you are um, in harmony inside, that wherever you're going to go, whatever with whom you're going to be, you're going to be happy. Yeah, You're going to be happy with yourself. So I think it's the same with the freedom uh, somehow. Thank you. Okay, I'll keep, I'll keep reading. Where are we? Okay, humans have an uncanny ability to snap from one game world into another without noticing the shift. Do you know what the sensation of snapping feels like? Mm -hmm. Can you describe it, uh, Joseph? It's like when you have um, kind of um, um, a thing that will click from one position to the other. It, it, it's like one mode and then you make a, a click and then it's the other. It's like, it's, it's like uh, um, snap into another mode which is defined. It goes like like a button that you go from, you have the chance to regulate the temperature in two centigrade steps and it would go like 20, 22, 24. That would I'll, be snap for me. I'll give, yeah, I'll give an example of, about snapping into game worlds. For example, when I went to university, the, the, one of the game world that I was in was friendship. So I would be outside the university like doors and then I could laugh and I could interrupt and I could uh, maybe drink orange juice and um, say whatever I wanted. Or, or, and the moment I stepped into the amphitheater, then I snap into another game world, which is the class game world. And then I cannot just laugh my head off. Okay, the rule says you cannot laugh. You have mm -hmm. to listen to the teacher. You actually cannot, you're not allowed to speak with your friend. But we move from this friendship game world to like the university, like amphitheater class game world, but we don't even notice it. But it's mm. so amazing how we already know what are the rules. Like you go, you go from a, outside of a museum to inside of a museum. Okay, you behave totally differently. But mostly we snap from game world to game world like that, not consciously. Mm. So that could be one of the experiment is that when you walk through your world, like through your day next week, try to notice which of the game worlds you play in and this, the snapping into the next. Because when you start noticing that, then you can make a gap. You can have a gap between like uh, having breakfast game world to walking on the street game world. Okay, and what are the, how is it different? What are the different rules? And then you can make this gap where you can get conscious of, okay, those were the unconscious rule. Actually, God, I'm still eating breakfast the way my mom served me breakfast like for 18 years. Jesus. 
and you'll become you'll you'll notice the rules that are unconsciously inside of you and then you go into okay you get a you, you have this gap and then you go in the street and you start walking in a certain way just like Jesus, what's going on? Like, what is the rule that I'm following that I would walk like that differently than in my home? Who, who, you know, who is watching? Whatever. So that, and that's the snapping that makes that feels like the game world is so real because we don't realize when we move from one to the next. Mm. They have different rules. Okay. I want to add something which was in my from previous years when I was working for a company, there is this snap when you go into the, the building of the company, uh, which immediately in a way uh, you numb yourself or even dumb yourself down to, I can only do this kind of decisions um, um, to be valued, top management will do this. And you would immediately um, redefine and recalibrate your inner capabilities that it's completely shift and, and it's very common in our, in our work um, worlds in the, in, the, in the work conditions in companies because most people probably experience the same thing which I accepted as a snap that you uh, behave in the hierarchy game world. Yeah, this is huge. It's really, really big stuff like that. How we, how we are so adaptive in a way our adaptiveness yeah. to what's offered. Yeah. I just wanted to add that, thanks for sharing that. Uh, especially that part about making yourself <clears throat> small, because you have the, you are in a particular place of the hierarchy, where you don't own certain decisions because they are left for other people that are in a different place within the structure. Yeah, that's kind of touched me, like the, this part of making yourself small and because you belong in this certain cell. So that's, that's the game words you've been put in. Yeah, Martina. I want to add that um, I, the game world is not only when other people watch us, for example, when we walk through the street. I think the game world also exists when, when we are alone at home and play our games with ourselves and watch ourselves in our game worlds. That's my experience. Yeah. I, I mean, in a way, it's like we're, you know, if you're playing unconsciously game worlds by yourself so that you would behave in a certain way, it's sort of like you're never alone because it feels like there's already are always somebody watching there's always so and then you have to fit into whatever whoever you made it so is watching you or something but i wanted to say something about what natalia and joseph were saying is like in the trainer path uh call we were exploring this idea of competition among trainers which is really a big kind of theme and uh because there's this whole like also old shaman territoriality and witches, whatever. And, and, and then it really came clear to me is like, if you, if the game world that you're playing is set up so that winning 
when you win, it means that somebody else's lose. So the game world is a win-lose game, like a corporation. You know, I get the promotion, nobody else gets the promotion. I get more money and the other person doesn't get more money, whatever. And so the whole thing is set up so that your behavior, or your gremlin, and, and also your box behavior will try to match this, I need to win, and that means other people lose. Okay, but if you set up a game world where the winning is winning happening, so you can only win when other people win, then, then your shape and your behavior and your will shape around this about, okay, I need, um, the, the only way I win is I make other people win. And you can choose, you know, it's not like one is bad and one is good. It's just, you get different results. But it's, it comes not really out of, well, it does come out of you, but you, you can also choose which game world you play in and see the different kind of behaviors shows up in you. And that it's, it's like very hard, like it's almost impossible to play a winning happening game in a company. Some trainers are trying to create that. It's like, I don't, I don't know how they're going to do that because the whole context and the field is about if I win, you lose. Okay. Make a field. You can also make a field where when I win, everybody else has to win. That's the only way I win and how people's behavior shows up differently. And this is very powerful to say, mm -hmm. if I set up a context, then it shapes people's behavior. For me, it's, it was such a powerful discovery. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's say. So I'm going to start over in that paragraph. So humans have an uncanny ability to snap from one game world into another game world without noticing the shift. Even if the rules of the of the new game world utterly contradict the rules of the game world we only moments before defended with our life. So a prison guard, for example, can return home to his family and not torture his children, even if they disagree with him. Whereas, you know, in his entire day, if somebody disagreed with him, he would just, he would just hurt them, physically hurt them and kick them and torture them. So a corporate manager can pick up a piece of litter from the street, even if he spent his day ordering toxic waste dumped into the Amazon. As a game world mechanic or game world builder, you'll start noticing context rifts, which is like, uh, you know what a riff is? It's a gap, like when there's a crack into the, into the mountain, to the, the stone. So you'll start noticing context rifts between the game worlds in your life and may make changes that brings more resonance to the context that you serve, that you want to serve. Okay, and, and then you'll start noticing how other people shift context and how, and that's the real definition of insanity for me, to see people defend with their life different contexts from one second to the next and what they say doesn't match and you're trying to be with them and it's so confusing and so 
like disheartening or, or dis disconnecting. And, and then when I got the clarity, God, they're just shifting identity. And this is what's happening. They're just shifting identity. And in the clarity, then I could relax. I could be, but in a way, it's a form of insanity to not notice that, to not notice a shift. Yeah. There is a very beautiful uh, scene in the film, The Corporation, mm -hmm. where uh, a manager is um, exactly uh, uh, clarifying um, when he was playing the old game world, but he was um, having these two worlds where he was ex um, wasting, uh, putting waste into a river. Uh, he was um, a top manager, even the owner of a company producing carpets. And then when he got this uh, insane contradiction, he witnessed it, he, he really changed uh, the world and became or for his world in that company and uh, was able to, to really bring this, these two different game worlds together. And to, uh, it was one of the really encouraging uh, scenes in that film. Okay. I haven't seen it. It's been on my list for a long time. And it's like... Sometimes I have to find a day where I'm ready to have like my hopes bashed and like my just like my whole world being crumbled that yeah. I watch it. But it's like <laughs> the planet of the humans and stuff. It's just there are so they're so real, it's so true and so devastating that somehow I just sometimes I'd like do my work and like put little blinders yeah. on. Yeah. But sometimes I, I think I, I uh, memorized this scene because it was like uh, the pearl in the mud of this mm. film. It showed that there is, there is other options as well. Okay. Okay, then I might, I might watch it sooner than later. <laughs> <laughs> it's also on my list. Like, yeah. what? Maybe not now. Yeah, yeah maybe not now. <laughs> if there is a paradise. <laughs> okay, let's see. So I keep reading. Game worlds can weave together into a formidable hydra. Hydra. Like what is that? Like maze? Uh, that's the multi-headed snake. Uh, yeah. Okay. So into formidable hydra, so complex that it seems like reality, but it is not reality. It is only a game world build of game worlds. Modern culture capitalistic patriarchal empire is a composite game world that includes the rule of law i mean this is not it's not an exclusive list the rule of law land ownership copyright franchises national sovereignty mega governments international banking currency exchange corporate personhood stock markets and mega religion Modern culture has already failed to create a bright future for humanity on earth. As the catastrophe becomes visible to more and more people, modern culture's self-defenses be becomes more fanatical. Luckily, game world mechanics can write themselves out of any scene and in no time start new game worlds serving a sustainable, I would even say regenerative context. I just want to say, for, because, you know, you guys are possibility manager, and so people will come to you and, and ask you for possibility, because that's what you, one of your, one of the things that you provide. And some people say, okay, how do I quit my job 
but I still have to pay rent. Okay. And then you're in this thing of like, wait a minute. Yeah. She cannot quit her job because she has to pay rent. Okay. And that's the high, the, the hydra, the hydra, that's how it's pronounced. Mm-hmm. Um, that is coming together. Okay. I, I need a job because I'm paying my rent. How am I going to buy food if I don't have a job? And, and then there's a, it's a whole thing and it feels like it, it's like that. It has to be like that. And that's this thing of that's one hydra and you can sort of put it on the side and, and look at it and then, and then put and, get, and step into a different context with so many different possibilities where, okay, you don't need a job provided from somebody else. You make your job. You have your own value. You can, you can radically rely on Gaia and your bright principles and your archetypal lineage to take care of you because you provide value for the, for the world, for the purpose of the universe, which is transformation. Okay. That does not belong in the hydra of modern culture. And the step can, can look very big, but this radical reliance that you will have the resources that you need to do, to keep doing your work is like, it works. Like, like I, like for the past four years, basically I quit my job when I was 23 years old. I'm about to be like 28 in a few months. And I've never got a job since then. And, and Gaia has been sus- like supporting me the whole time. Food, clothes, uh, a place to sleep, people to talk, people to connect, love. And that journey has been so incredible. So I just want to say it's possible. Yeah, Scott. Yeah, I just want to say... So like I used to just couch surf and just be like so trusting of the universe, um, you know, like seven, eight years ago. And then I found possibility management and, and I'm like, oh, I need to go and live in Vancouver. So I like left the forest and came to live in a city. And actually my, my reality, I really ch- chose a series of steps that kind of densified uh, my participation in these kinds of work game worlds. And I find myself, I'm just coming out of that again and uh, feeling like in this time when I've got so much space to reconsider and to start over. It's like, I think I'm, I'm experiencing what you're talking about and I'm noticing the script, a script of like, like it, it feels like, I'm kind of doing nothing. It kind of feels like I'm, or maybe that's just how I'm judging it. Like, like, uh, I've got voices in my head, like, oh, you're just being like lazy or just being like, and I'm wondering if for you, that's how it's felt at all. Like, oh, it's like, cause it, it, I feel like I'm on the edge of like, oh, I could just keep going with this. And I could see it like working out, you know? And so what, I, I've, I've worked with that particular meme, this I'm doing nothing, therefore I'm lazy or therefore I don't, I'm not producing value for the system or I'm not, what, you know, so that's a meme and that's a very common meme. Almost everybody has it because in school we were taught you have to work to make money. You have to work for your country, whatever the, you know. And so that could be a piece I, I did, Clinton did the mimetic engineering on me and I've provided for other people. So we could have a session and look at what that meme, because it's, it's the root of it is different for everybody. Like everybody has that meme, but the way you put it together is unique. 
Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I like that. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. And yeah, I, I don't know. It's sort of keep going or, or write about it. Like write about how, how do you extract yourself? That could be one thing. And it could be, you know, today I, I did nothing or, mm-hmm. you know, and, and what, that's how it felt. And you'll have days where it's like you have all this emotional reactivity and then the next day you'll be in this bliss. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's really the journey. And, and that if you can write about it, then you build a bridge for people to say, okay, that's, that, that's how it can go. And it, I don't feel crazy if I feel like that because he's been there before. I think like what's coming up for me is I'm thinking of how working a job and having a dependable steady paycheck has allowed me to create like and recreate a kind of an illusion of nothing change, nothing's changing like steadiness. And so I might be, it feels like I'm, I'm going to be trading that out for like being supported by Gaia, but, but, the unknown and chaos. So <laughs> yeah, everyday chaos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Waking up and it's like there's nothing steady today. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. 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 And okay. and really, you know, you've done so much work, Scott, to be able to, you know, it it's really about feeling be able to navigate your feelings and also your emotion and, and knowing this distinction. And God, what a time to be alive when you wake up in the morning and nothing is certain. Mm-hmm. And, and really, we, I watch movies and I, I'm like, why is it so exciting to watch movies? And you see them, people in movies are on adventures. Like the whole, the, every movie that we watch is like, they all, people are on adventures. And it's like, okay, how much adventures do we have in our life? How much adventures do we create for ourselves? And, you know, and I was with Clinton on the study group, we were just like, on Monday, often we have to say, okay, it's a day sort of without adventures because like my entire day I get to speak to people. I don't know what they're going to say. I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what I'm going to create. And, and it's a whole long life adventures. And, and sometimes my system does need a, a, a break and I watch movies and see other people have adventures. But I, I really, it really hit me about life. I think life is dead without unknown adventures every day. Mm. So, and you could have it like that, like every day, and it doesn't have to be like 12 hours, you know, while you're awake or whatever, but go on one adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And feel that enlivenment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's feeling like that. It's feeling like that in a lot of small ways and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm loving it right now. So, yeah. Can keep, you tell us about going one, with it? one adventure that you had today? One unknown. Today. Well, today I had a lot of, uh, sitting behind my computer. Um, let's see. I need to, I mean, let me check my notes. What do I do? <laughs> you know, well, today was today was the day that I adventured into uh, actually sending the email to my boss, being being like, like this is what I have to offer and what I'm willing and wanting to do. And I'm wanting to focus on my life outside of this work. So like, if you have expectations for me to do more than that, let me know and we can talk about it. I can imagine <laughs> him receiving the email. It's like, 
Scott has a life outside of this work. I cannot <laughs> believe it. This is impossible. Yeah. <laughs> it's trivia's yeah. life. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's interesting. Like she, she, my, my boss is a woman and she's, um, she's actually a long-term student of Martine Pactel and mm. in her own way is very much on the edge of modern culture, you know, still operating from a business scheme in like modeled from the heart of the furnaces of modern culture. So it's, yeah, I'm sort of, when I speak to her, I speak to the human side and also her box is very much like, like, yeah, so. Cool. But I think it, it's going well. Mm -hmm. Okay, carry on, carry on adventure. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. How are we doing, Karsten? Yeah, good, good. I'm, I'm listening. I, um, I had, a, had a thought about um, there is a, this old house um, on my grandmother's property that is, um, it doesn't have running water or anything like that. And it doesn't seem like it's, like, I guess in the game world of modern culture or where money is an issue, it's, it's not worth doing any work on this house it's it's it doesn't pay off so it's better to just let it you know get old and and so investing anything in, in repairing anything it doesn't it isn't worth it in money and i'm i'm now now i'm experimenting with with the thought okay what if money what if there are no money anymore then it would be great with you know it would have a different value with a house you know so that's a thought I was having with the, what what it has a value inside the, the money game world or the the game world where we all have jobs, we all have cars, and you know what if that game world shatters? What's worth something? So I think this is such a this is such a cool question about what is the real value of things, and you know I can I can already create value for that place, you know. For me, that place is like, okay, if that's your center where people come, it can heal from all those, you know, modern culture traumas or whatever we want to call it. God, that place has so much value already that you can hold it as a field of healing and transformation. You know, and it's worth nothing in money. doesn't matter because money is not real. But what has value is what you hold it as. So that could be in the, in the experiment of start your own game world. What if you start with that? My game world is a house on my grandmother's land, and this is its value. This is its potential. This is what it's going to, this is how I hold it. And it's already like that. It's not like in the future. It is already like that. And then you, you just have to actualize it. Mm. Yeah. So this is very cool. Uh, like you know, considering the game mode of value and what does it really mean? What is real value? Yeah. Thank you. Dimitra, how is the English? I'm speaking fast. No, it's, um, it's not only the, um, it's like uh, you, you are um, more of you, you're like, um, 
you, you have more knowledge of these things about boxes and, you know, me so new. And I'm trying to go uh, to move with the language, but to understand what I'm feeling, listen, all this uh, information, because it makes me feel like that. So it's my brain that must understand the English, but if, and I have the, you know, the feelings that, and the emotions, I don't know, the, all this world, the emotional world, that uh, makes me feel like that. And um, sometimes that's why I'm losing, you know, the... Uh, so do, but um, Dimitri, yes. would you just pause? So, yeah. would you say, would you say what you're, what are you, what are you feeling, or what have you been feeling? So, if you had to choose between anger, sadness, fear, and joy, which one was uh, the biggest? I'm feeling joy. Okay, because can you say because what the um, it's uh, you know many things, uh, many things you say or the others say. I, I have uh, I have thought about I have thought about a lot because uh, the last five years um, I have I have uh, let uh, my life burn uh, how you said before um, yeah. I have completely burned everything so um, and uh, all these game worlds like I, I didn't know this uh, title but uh, I have thought about them but now that uh, I met possibility management. And all these people that they know about that, and uh, it's I feel like um, I don't know. I feel I'm feeling joy today. I feel joy. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I just want to check with Anna if you are. Can you speak? Are you around? Yes, we're here, but it's very loud, and I think it's not so nice for the recording and everything to have. Well, now when they're noisy, I I prefer to listen today. Okay, okay, thank you. Okay. A neighbor is playing saxophone. Is it irritating? Should I? We can oh. barely can cannot hear, hear it. it. Yeah. Okay. Okay, you can enjoy it. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> good. <laughs> okay, I'll keep reading. So it is important to note that there is a difference between game world rules and law of, laws of nature. Game world rules are arbitrary, totally arbitrary. The laws of nature are not. If the rules of a game world conflict with the laws of nature, mother nature always win. So, for example, um, laws of nature is we need an atmosphere that has enough oxygen and balance of oxygen and carbon dioxide so that living thing can still live. Okay. And, and we need a certain temperature into the earth atmosphere. I'm not like a scientist, but let's say we need a certain temperature so that life is possible. Okay, with all the methane that's being blown out, out of Siberia and Antarctica because the ice, the methane was captured in the ice for thousands of years and now it's melting and all the methane is getting out of the atmosphere and warming up the, the planet's temperature. Okay, then life is not sustainable anymore on, on planet Earth or in most places. Okay, so 
you can already go to Spain and Spain is already a desert. It's, it's too, it's sort of like, it's too late. Portugal is already a desert. South of Italy is already a desert. I don't really know about Greece, but all those trees have been chopped down so that we can make, we, whatever, Spain and Portugal we could make boats to go and conquer South America and, and the whole story with that. Okay, so, so it's so obvious that modern culture's rules are in conflict with the laws of nature's. I mean, I think it, you, you all know that. And it's like devastating to think that most of, like probably before most of us die, probably most of planet Earth will be inhabitable, like not habitable. And yeah, and it's sort of like, it's a given, like there's no, we can even stop all fossil fuel um, like emission right now and there's still, it's like it, it'll still, it'll keep going because it's already in the atmosphere. Okay, so being confused about this, about the, if the rules of a game will conflict with the laws of nature, mother, mother nature always wins. Being confused about this can bring an entire culture to its knees. Through game world mechanics, you learn to reinvent your game world before mother nature smashes it with a hammer. This is called ongoing transformation. If you notice that your game world's rules are suicidal before they contradict the laws of nature, why would you continue to play in that game world? That would be insane. For example, when you see that the game world called national sovereignty emerges from a context that encourages competitions to consume the commons, national sovereignty is no longer legitimate. I mean, there, you can walk with this kind of clarity that anybody who plays, who follows the rules of modern culture, anybody who follows the rules of the game world of modern culture is criminally insane, just from what we said. Anybody who enforces the law of modern culture has already forfeited, forfe how do you say, forfeited their life, give away their life. Because if you enforce the rule of law of modern culture, you're saying, I want to die. Okay, well, then, then your life is no longer like valid or legitimate. So you can walk down the street and have this clarity. Anybody who plays in the game world of modern culture is criminally insane and should be actually put in like crazy houses. So, or if you must, so I keep reading. So if you must hand over your personal authority to a representative government, which can be hijacked by a corporate agenda, the, the way to maintain self-respect is by exiting that game world. It may be beyond most people's awareness to recognize that they have the power to choose the game worlds they live in. It does no longer have to be beyond yours. Okay. There was this great interview from a guy called Derek Jensen. I, I mentioned it last week. He's an environmental activist in Seattle. He's just really powerful. And this is amazing. He's really, like, he's really funny in a really cynical way. 
but if you get it, it's really funny. And, and he's, he's talking, he's, he's recounting one, a, a, a telephone call he had with a friend. And uh, so his friend called him up and say, God, what are, what are we going to do about uh, our, our government? And, and he said, which government are you talking about? Well, you know, the, our, our government is sending our army in, in Afghanistan. And he says, God, I, I have an army. I, I have an army. Is that, is that true? God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make them plant trees. No, but you don't understand. Our army is going to Afghanistan. I, I don't get it. I, I didn't know I had an army. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. But you can exit. People still talk about our country or our government or our army or our social security as if you are, have any power in sourcing that game world. When you have zero. Zero. And so I, I catch myself when I, when I say, I'll say, oh, our culture, you know, our culture is like that. Okay. My culture is not like that. My culture is a regenerative next culture. And I, I come from the nano nation of possibility that is contexted in radical responsibility. France is not my country. I do have a passport from France that I use so I can pass the borders. I'm not French anymore. I also have a New Zealand passport. New Zealand is not my country. Jacinda, whatever her name is, is not my prime minister. So you can also check like your language about what do you mean by our? What do you mean by us white man? You know? Okay. So because like, I it's like, okay, my dad, I'm just saying that this is really bizarre to say that my dad basically run, runs part of the French army. He's like one of the top general in the French army. And, and it's like, if I inherited that, I, I would, I would use all those soldiers to plant fucking trees all day long, all the time. You know, what if all the armies in the world would be doing that instead of killing people? Like, where would we be today? So that would be my army. That would be my army. Okay, we're almost done with the notes, we're getting there. That is why taking responsibility at the level of game worlds turns out to be a crucial adulthood initiation. Initiation. Think how many people do not have yet this initiation. Could it be your job to bring it to them? Then you would be a game world alchemist or a game world builder or a game world initiator. You have an obligation to create the cultural game world in which you would love to live. It is an obligation to others because if you do not create that particular game world for the world, who will? And it is an obligation to yourself because why, why did you come here? To play in game worlds created by others or to deliver the game worlds game world you brought with you when you were born. That was the thing I was saying yesterday in the Rage Club. What you thought you were here to find, like what you thought you would find when you were born is actually what you are here to create and to build. And the pain between that, that difference, the pain of I thought it would be here and it doesn't exist yet, that pain is your map to create. Okay? So you can use all the distinction from possibility management. Those are great compasses 
but the only map, nobody can design the map of your game world than you. Nobody can design that game world. Okay, you can have support, you can have a team, you can have um, um, the core team, like three people, but, but only your pain, is the, the, your pain is the real map. So human game worlds are maturing from tribal. Okay, this is another big distinction. Human game worlds are maturing from tribal, meaning if you are different from us, we eat you. Okay, <laughs> that was like the indigenous. <clears throat> when you say, and the indigenous people call themselves the people. Like every indigenous tribe called themselves the people, meaning the other, the other creatures over there, they're not people. They're not human beings. Okay, and then we can, they're food. Like we can eat them. So I'm maturing from tribal to national, which means if you are different from us, we kill you and take your resources. You know, this is the, this is the, like, let's say the main game world at play. So, and are now shifting to planetary, where there is no essential differences between humans. Exploring the diversity of human game worlds is the new edutainment economy. Experiencing raw appreciation of the infantum, infantumable, you say? Infantumable. Yeah. Something like that. Richness of human potential. Scott, you were going to say something? I was just going to say unfathomable. Ah, unfathomable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll say it again. Exploring the diversity of human game worlds is the new edutainment economy. Experiencing raw appreciation for the unfathomable richness of human potential. What's the man? Scott, go ahead. The art itself, Scott. <laughs> what? And what do you want me to say? Unfathomable. What does it yeah, mean? What does it mean? Oh, what does it mean? Um, so, like, like, in, in, so, like, a fathom is a way to measure depth in the ocean. So, eight fathoms deep. So it's, it would be unfathomable. You can't even picture how deep it is. Okay. Cool. Thank you. God, isn't that exciting? I mean, I find it exciting. Okay, that's the end of the notes. Natalia. And, and, and Chloe is frozen. Yeah. What about now? And Chloe, you're just, you just yeah, you're good. Yeah, you're back. Okay, yeah. I was saying, I was saying, what an exciting life that would be to be enfantomed by the richness <laughs> of human potential. Did <laughs> somebody write it in the chat? I, I don't. I'll, I'll copy paste the whole sentence even. Okay. I thought it, was, it had something to do with phantoms, but it has not. Okay, I would propose, I would propose, does anybody want to say anything? Um, yes, yeah. um, I, did, I didn't understand I translate it, but uh, I cannot, uh, I'm not sure that I understand it uh, uh, clearly. So the last, uh, this um, sentence says that uh, uh, the, new, the new era is full of uh, all these uh, rich uh, 
can you say it with simple words? Simpler words? Because I can yes. say it. Yeah, thank I'll you. I'll try. Really, the value of next culture, if we're talking about value, is it the va like the value of modern culture is about producing stuff. That's how you get okay. value. Okay. The value of modern culture will be about soft skills, about uh, providing distinction and, and transformation and healing for each other. One of those that Clinton, like when you wrote this part, called it edutainment, which is education and, and entertainment. So you put an entertainment education economy will be about experiencing like our human potential, how, you know, creating, like um, actualizing our potential into possibility. And how many game worlds can you recreate? How many unique sets of culture can we create and how can we um like merge them or not merge them it's more like connect them how can connect we in exchange and you know exchange initiation okay that particular next culture nano nation culture will have a particular initiation and if you want to have it you'll have to travel there by horse because they're not there's not going to be any more fossil fuel so on your way by horse when you'll travel from you know germany all the way to poland or something then you'll have, you'll have time to create something else or provide your own initiation along the way. You know, and that, that's a picture of what next culture can look like on a planetary scale, on a global scale. Okay, okay. Thank, you. thank you. Thank you. What I experience uh, is when, when I'm um, talking to my girlfriend or other people about uh, this other world, which I already imagine, let's say different game worlds of education, how schools could work or how economy could work in a different set. Uh, I feel that sometimes I'm so far ahead in, in this world that I can picture already that other people first react with uh, um, kind of how oh, this is totally naive or, or they can't follow because I'm that fast. So my, my learning is that I, I need to, uh, if I want to make myself understood, I have to bridge it. I will have to, it's like help people follow me to this world. And this is not like daydreaming, but um, that this is a constant act of, uh, of consciousness to, to help come uh, um, other things coming into being. And, and uh, one of the examples is that I say, okay, if somebody, let's say uh, 150,000 years ago in the cave, um, would not have started to think about fire or wouldn't have started to think about something else, we would still be in the same place. So somebody has to start with uh, creating something in the head which is not yet existing. So, so yes. And really what I found the most powerful, because a lot of, I've, I've heard a lot of speakers like Charles Eisenstein and yeah. I, I like him really. He was one of my inspiration when I started this journey and he has this thing of, this is what it could look like. This is the story that we could tell each other. And there's a part of yes. And how do we get there? And what I've found the most powerful way to build this bridge that you're talking about is taking people through initiation, one initiation at a time. 
and there's mm. thousands of initiation but this thing about imagining it is still like just in the head and then you get an emotion that hooks you and then you you're gone that world doesn't exist anymore okay mm. so can you get initiated like eva was saying creating this gap you have an emotion you create this gap and you can still look at this emotion and be okay that's just an old pattern i'm choosing something different but if mm. you don't have this initiation between what is a feeling what is an emotion and creating this gap then then you're gone then the moment you get an emotion you're gone yeah and so mm. you know when you say i'm a bridge build you know basically you said i'm a bridge builder you know you might want to check out the trainer path in possibility management because you might just you know mm. it seems like you're an, you're an initiator and and it needs mm -hmm. like some skills and your own personal yeah. initiation as an initiator and that that happens in the training path mm. actually i was was set for that in mallorca but covid star stopped that so i okay. want to go the path anyway okay thank you natalia i just wanted to ask the uh, bridge building that you mentioned because that's basically what i meant by finding those cracks cracking that box or or, or the so, um, yeah, I, I was kind of uh, talking about similar things. And yesterday I had, just quickly about that, because that was interesting. I had a conversation with Gabriela, and she works a lot with the, uh, with the body and feeling connected to, um, to the emotions, but mostly going back to your, to your body, to your basic feeling. Um, and we were just talking and she was saying that, yes, I can offer that to people, that, that feeling of, of your own body. And I told her that if you presented me with that value a couple of years ago, I wouldn't even know that I need it because I, don't, I wouldn't even know what that means. So you cannot promote, like, yeah, somehow you can, even if you target me and you want to offer that solution for me or that new feeling, you cannot do that in this language because I don't even know what means being connected to my body or like what kind of the, you know, the category that even is. Yeah. So it's just something that's very close to, to right now. Uh, that you can build certain stuff only if there is enough matrix there. So, and what seems to be like a small crack, it might be completely opening a new dimension for somebody else who had never touched the idea of feeling it. Yeah. Because I feel like, um, I just feel that what you were saying. Mm -hmm. Okay, we should talk, Natalia, about this train of path. We should talk. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> May I just moment? Um, yeah, Eva. You have the sensation that, um, or crack, or you can say also door open, or some door which has to be open. That when you are not ready for that, then whatever bridge you're gonna see or hear or feel, you don't gonna pass the bridge because you are not ready. And um, and uh, yeah, you can you can read books or you can go to workshop but if if here your consciousness it's not enough how to say adult or grow or whatever it's um, it's not enough build for get that 
then you don't gonna pass the bridge. <laughs> yeah, we call it matrix. I think Natalia used that word is if you don't right. enough have enough matrix, then okay. then your matrix cannot catch the next level of consciousness. Yeah. This is very cool because then your whole job is how to build matrix at the fastest possible rate because then evolution happens all by itself. You don't have to do anything. If you're building matrix as fast as possible, then you'll get your next level of awareness and responsibility. And, and so mostly what we're doing here in the Sparks, but also in the Rage Clubs and in the study group on Monday with Clinton and other offers from other trainers, it is mostly about building matrix. What we're doing here, we're building matrix so that you can go to your next level of yeah, awareness and awareness is responsibility or responsibility is awareness in action. Yeah. Yeah, Martina. Um, I want to say that there, I think there is a difference between having the matrix and being ready. Can you talk about it? Yeah, because I, some people say I'm not ready to go the next step. I first I have to wait and do this and that and I think that is a is a lie and um, that's what I mean yeah there's another great spark but we did it already it's called you're ready you are ready for more than you think and the readiness is like often it's a box strategy and it comes from fear like no but as you say there's already enough there to actually go take the next step okay we have about like 25 minutes or whatever and i'd like to sort of start on this start your own game world which is you know it's not a 25 minute process it's a lifelong experiment but we can start now because there's no better better time to start than now this that's the only time you can start now okay spark 146 experiments number four start your own game world big or small, temporary or long-term, create a game world you would love to play in. So it would be great if you had your book and you had a new page and you put at the top the game world I would love to play in or some, something in that regard. So as it's like, it can be, you know, if it's a festival, then it's a temporary one. It's like three days or you need preparation or whatever. And it could be, you know, like long-term, like a community or um, the house that you live in is an nation. Okay. That's a long-term game world, but it could be uh, an experiment. Like I want to create uh, an, a space of experiment every, you know, Wednesday night, for like an hour with one person and that person changes every every week okay that's a particular game world that's sort of temporary but weekly so here's a few hints first soak in the vision of what you want to exist and the context it emerges from okay this is really this is like game world mechanics it's how do you start a game world okay this is, there's about 10 sentences and i'm trying to write a book about it Clinton makes it so easy, whatever. <laughs> so first soak in the vision of what you want to exist and the context it emerges from. When you write the context, it's about what is the level of responsibility that you want to live in? 
So from zero level responsibility to radical. So it's like zero child adult, uh, um, high and radical responsibility, something like that. Okay, when you have that clear, set your game world's purpose. What is the purpose of your game world? It can be very detailed, or it can be like the purpose of an annotation. You know, would, for me, the, like the purpose of Possibilica is like to have a space and field of the village that I live in that is centered around evolution and transformation and initiation, possibility and love. So that would be the purpose of the game world of Possibilica. So you can sort of start it and it, it, that purpose can evolve. Okay. Then give your game world a name so that you can talk about it. If you don't have a name, you cannot talk about it. This is really magician. This is magic skills. Does anybody have already a name that you want to share? Kirsten. And then Scott. Uh, well, I was thinking, I, I um, like if a game world has a name, if it doesn't, have, like, can you have a game world without a name? Then, then other, no one else also can. It's like if you don't have a name, then no one can, like, it will be, difficult to label or, or, or so could there be advantages, advantages of not having a name? Yes. And I'm guessing I'm, I'm making a guess right now, but what, what's behind that is the fear is it seems like it's an emotional fear from you that it is possible that your game world can be attacked. If you have a name, then your game world can be attacked and criticized and judged. This, this is a big doorway for you to go through emotional healing process about this emotional fear. Because yes, it cannot be attacked, but it also cannot be really joined. It cannot be like held or talked, talked about. Like if possibility management didn't have a name, how would you find it? How would you find it? So I think there's, yeah, that's a gateway. Okay, thank you. Scott? I was going to say Scott incorporated, but I want to, I want to say Scott uncorporated. You should, did you read Robert Heinlein's Stranger in a Strange Land? Nope. Oh God, this is about the man from Mars and he can discorporate people. It's like Scott discorporated, but then, mm. then, then you're not on earth anymore. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we want you to be here. <laughs> yeah. it, hmm. So it, I feel scared a little bit about that name, just, uh, uh, you know, because this incorporated or unincorporated, it has this relationship to this corporation of modern culture. And this sounds like you want to fight modern culture instead of like being out there and doing your thing. I mean, it's a placeholder name. I, I think I'll find something else, but okay. for now, for now or okay. whatever, like I'm open to other options, but. Yeah. Yeah, and you can put it in the now that you're in the in the in the Facebook group, you can say, "Hey, this is my game world, the context, the purpose, 
um, I have this start as a name, please give me a possibility. And people will just shoot. Cool. Yeah, cool. Martina. Uh, the poem circle is a game world. Yeah. So, so are you starting a new one or you, you were gonna keep, you're gonna work on that one? I want to build that bigger with possibility with po uh, possibilities to to meet with people and work with the feelings that come up and really meet with the people in a room in a space mm -hmm. you know what i'm what I'm thinking right now you know it's like if you start speaking, then my archetypal image is this like game world alchemist, and it's like, okay, I have all those ideas, but mm -hmm. it could be that you have like circles of people you know and, and it could be the poem circles it's like there's people at the outside who just want to write a poem and it's not so dangerous, you know, but you're still in a group and stuff like that. And then the closer you get to like the core, then it's, it, you get closer to feelings or processes or vulnerability or whatever. And so you could have those different kind of sub game worlds or layers of your game worlds into like where people are, mm -hmm. like what they need. Mm -hmm. cool. Thank you. Okay, I'll keep, I'll keep reading and you can keep thinking about a name. So, with the context, the purpose and a name, you can open the door for others to co-create how it goes. Okay, the lone wolf, I'm gonna make it by myself. It is such a modern culture thoughtware, like approach to reality. If you interview collaborators and write down what they want to get, in, why they wanna get in, what attracts them to this game world, then circle the three to five central reason. Okay, I just, this is about the bright, bright principle of the game world. I just wanna say, if you have a game world, which is a next culture game world, so it's gonna be a circle and it's gonna be like, like this. And it's sort of like, a, let's say it's like a donut, okay? Imagine it, picture it as a donut. When you start having a context and a like, and a purpose and a name, you start deepening the game world. Okay, let, let you picture it as if it's like in the center. And it's like a gravity well, okay? It's a gravity field that is in the energetic field of the earth. And then you'll have people who are waiting for you to create that, that you, they were kind of just hanging around here, but they were waiting for you to create that field. And then when, when it's created, they're like, they get sucked in, okay? So that's why it's so important to have a context, a purpose, and a name because that creates the field. And then you, you only need at the beginning maybe like two or three more people and together you keep deepening the context of your game world. Keep deepening, which is like, what is the next purpose? What is the deeper purpose? Oh, how can we make it bigger? Or how, what's the next evolutionary step or whatever. That's, that's what it means, deepening the context of your game world. But it, you can really picture it as a, like this gravity well uh, attracting other, yeah, other, other people. So when you get like a couple people around, okay, you really actually need only like three people to really start. That's a, a solid basis. Because two people is too much of, 
box on box. Then if you have a conflict, then it's I'm right, I'm right. But if you add a third force in, then they can hold space for you to go through that. So that's why it's great to have three people. So when you have those three people, you can interview them and write down why they want to get in, like why they're attracted to this game world. Okay, you do a five, 10 minute interview, then circle the three to five central reason. You've just distilled the bright principles of your game world. Okay, so great to know the bright principle because that's what, you know, this is really an energetic diagram of a, of a game world that your bright principles feed the center of the game world like this. They're like they hit the game world at the center and then feed the entire game world. Of course, don't worry about it. You also have shadow principles. Game worlds have shadow principles that are also at play when you work, when you work in the game world. It's great to be aware of that. But distill first the bright principles and then the shadow principles is another big process that you need a space holder for. Okay, over the years, Clinton writes, I have co-created a number of game worlds that many people have loved to play in, including the personal growth co-op, XSO company, industrial learning and magic, possibility management, Possibilica, Rukendorf, Next Culture Research and Training Center, the Trainer Guild, the Guy and Road Team, Puls de Erde, which is in Lenzfeld in Germany, and General Mimetics. I can't wait to hear about the game worlds you create. Can, can any, do any of you have like maybe one or two people around you that you kind of have a sense that, you know, they're your team in, co in creating, co-creating that game world. Does anybody already have people around? Uh, here in Vienna, not. I don't have um, people that are uh, kind of sparked with uh, possibility management. Um, I, I I have a friend whom I have told a lot, he's reading the book and uh, I probably can um, use him as one of the persons and probably I, I really need a third one to, to have a, a circle that, that uh, is nourishing. Okay, I wanna, I wanna give you like a hint. You know, a lot of, I've been also working in like how to create intimacy or how to create co like relationship or whatever. And a lot of us have this thing of, I don't know how to go nonlinear. Like, I don't know how to say something that's going to create a space of possibility. Like in an interaction that maybe the other person wanted to be ordinary and they ask you, how are you doing? Or what's the weather? Or so anybody found themselves in, how do I create a different space? And you, you couldn't find a way. Mm -hmm. Is that, yeah? So yeah. if you walk around with, I'm building a game world. And this is, it's like this, the purpose is like this, that's the name. And you go around and you, you, that's the only thing you talk about. You know, when I go around, I only talk about the trainer path. I'm like, people get so fed up with me and I'd say how wonderful it is and how 
all the processes we do and like and the other trainers get you know tired but i don't care you know that's that's my baby that's the thing that really i want to put energy and time and conversation in so you can go around and the, the only thing you talk about is that game world and the more you talk about the more you'll deepen it and the more it will build inside of you and and then the ripples will start going through you know the ripples will go into the world and then and then people will come to you okay you basically don't really have to be looking for people so much you know you're not on a it's mm -hmm. more you create the ripples so the people come to you and then you can have this conversation mm -hmm. sounds good mm -hmm. but it's I feel that magnetic field by myself yeah but you have to keep talking about it okay if it's hidden in like a little in your beat book in a closet like the ripples are not going out Mm. So it's scary because as you say, you know, people are like, when you talk about those things, they're just like, are you crazy? Like, this is insane. Like I'm trying to pay my rent. Like, what are you talking about? You know? Mm -hmm. And, and so you, you will sound crazy and it's like, so what, you know, so what some people will just want to be around you because you have that clarity or that passion or that mm -hmm. authenticity. It's real for you. Sounds good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Dimitra, you wanted to, you unmuted yourself. You wanted to say something. No, uh, no. Okay. Anna. Mm, I, I really want to start a team here. And you really uh, want to start what? A team. Yes. A PM team. Yeah. And I, I, it's funny because I've in Hamburg, I've started one already because there were sort of three people having the need for it. So it was easy to start. And here I, I have sort of the thing like, okay, I first need, like I first need something, then I can do my step. And this is so, this is really stopping me and maybe I should just talk about it and then, but yeah, to create something and then nobody comes is also a bit sad. Yeah, yeah, and it will be like that, Anna. Really, I, I maybe I don't tell enough this my story about the trainer path. But in the beginning, like people were just looking at me as if I, as if I was crazy. Like people hated me, and and people, I had only really big gremlins, horrible people coming, and I was just like, oh Jesus, this is like not working. And I really stuck to it because because I wanted it. And now I have the most wonderful people in this group. And um, so in the beginning can be rough. Like it's not all pink bubbly and, and, and stuff like that. But I would say just keep putting it online. You know, now that people, you cannot really meet people, but keep putting it online. And, and then some, it was so amazing. Like when we started meeting online, like Sofia Magdalena and Gabriel in, in Leipzig. And then there's all those people from Leipzig online. They, and they didn't know each other that they were in the same city. And when the, when the lockdown is going to be out, they all going to meet at Sofia Magdalena's place. You know, so you don't know, you know, yeah. Just start. You have to, you have to move for the universe to move you. You have to get in the flow of the universe before it can take you on its river. Okay. What's the name of your team? Come on, Anna. 
Come on. Just say one one name. It's the Gwendolyn waving team. Gwendolyn <laughs> bowing to team. <laughs> Come on, one name. Maybe the meet me team. Or meet meet me? Yeah. Cool. Okay. Okay. Would you write it down? As a draft for your name, yeah. Okay, does anybody want to say anything or need anything? It'd be great if next week, I mean, you can even say in the, in the, in the group, in the, in the Facebook group, like, I'm building this game world and just take a stand. That's the name of my game world. That's, my, that's the context and that's the purpose. And, and you don't have to say anything more than that, but just you've put it into the world. And that's, that's where to start. That's the next step. And then you take the, the next, next step. Uh, I'm, I'm already started uh, the, uh, the, my, my professional practice, and I call it Beyond the Box. Mm -hmm. So this is my game world to to develop um, a coaching practice or coaching offers, which I use my present methods, but I want to continually enrich them with possibility management. And this is beyond the box. Cool. Thank you. Natalia. <clears throat> I wanted to say that uh, I want to hear a bit more about idea and rough beginnings, because can, I don't hear that. Can you say it again? about i want to hear a bit more about those rough beginnings and brutal beginnings that you mentioned because i don't hear that often i usually hear the product of everything is perfect one wants to listen to me i create spaces people are coming it's all a success story and i'm lacking yeah i'm just lacking a space where where i would have a possibility to hear about beginnings and be able to reflect on how I feel, what my fear is, what I struggle with. Um, and maybe not only from the people who are over that moment, but also for those who are that is, as it is now. This is what they strive. Yeah, I, I got the message that I have to write an article about the rough beginning and but it'd be great if somebody else would make a podcast or a video or like because I'm sort of as you say I'm sort of like a little bit on the other side but if somebody would yeah write while they're in the middle of it also okay thank you for your invitation Natalia Um, yeah, guys, I have a short question. Um, how value or how important it's to recognize um, that uh, create the new game world? Uh, it's it's just for create a new game world, or it's just for make us feeling better, or make us. Uh, 
feeling more value as a person. So feeding the ego. Uh, so the different, how, how you recognize that you just doing for doing or for others, or you are doing, it's a bit tricky because actually everything what you are doing, you are doing for yourself. But what, what I want to ask you, how you can avoid feeding your ego. <laughs> Go shoot. Yeah. Uh, so no, 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 wait, Martina, Martina had. Uh, I'm sorry. I would suggest that you, you just go and do it. And when you've done it, then you, you can, you can look back or you can, you can see what's happening. Because I say that because, um, I know that this thought that you said could stop you from doing it. And that would be, yeah, not a good idea. So just do it and then you see what's happening. Yeah, and then you just you just see which point you are, yeah, or you are growing or your ego is growing or it's just, yeah, it's, I think it's really soft, different. It's really, uh, it's difficult to recognize that because even if you want to do something good for others, it's feeding you, you know, you feel satisfied and what kind of satisfaction it's, um, that you can say to yourself, wow, I'm a good, I'm a good person. You know, for, for what is that? For, for what is this sentence that you have to say this to yourself? Actually, just for feed the ego. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure if I say clearly, I'm sorry. Well, would, you, would you like inquire about, about it? I think that's a, it's a great question. I, I have some stuff about me, but it's like, or like I have some ideas, let's say. But it's 12 and, but I think that would be a great question and we can inquire maybe next week or something. Great. Cool. Thank you very much, everybody. I'm stopping the recording. Thanks.